Hello, StoochCast, Protector of the Inns here. Um, I got a very special guest with me today, small business owner, Big Mike Lonero of Blinking Tattoo. Michael, Hi. plug the people. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Uh, yeah, so uh, what I've been up to recently is I uh, just opened up a new tattoo shop, um, going to school and playing hockey, so that's pretty much what I'm up to. Um, yeah, where's tattoo shops over in uh, you know Carnegie, Pennsylvania, right off a uh, 376 exit. That's right. Um, you know, I was in there. I walked in. I didn't get a tattoo per se, but <laughs> I liked. I dig the vibe. It was a good vibe. It was in a good location, and uh, you know, downtown Carnegie. It's really, it's really yeah, nice. It's, it's, it's up a and young, coming. young, young up and coming. There's a lot of new businesses. Some a couple of really good restaurants down there. Yeah, uh, a couple of good places to you know get a drink as well. So is that what is that like? Why you guys chose Carnegie? You guys just like the history um, and uh, well, Carnegie is in a pretty prime spot as far as it goes uh, with commuting. So it's pretty easy to get to from wherever you're from. Uh, whether it be, you know, from Robinson or Steubenville or, you know, from West Virginia or wherever, uh, or downtown. Um, also, you know, yeah, we, we wanted to move in somewhere that was, you know, close to the city, but not inside of the city. Um, you know, you kind of want, we wanted to have that more of like a custom shop instead of just a, a straight up street walk-in shop. Yeah. So, um, who else are you doing this with? Uh, um, I have a... I have a business partner. Uh, his name is Rich Lang. Um, he pretty much taught me everything I know um, as far as tattooing goes. So yeah, we're we are you know the two we're co-owning it. Uh, we have uh, one employee, Paige. Uh, she's a pretty good artist, pretty pretty great with uh, realism and you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we also just actually uh, hired an apprentice. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so. You were you were an apprentice under Rich, right? So that's how it yep. happened. Yep. Yeah. At another so, tattoo shop, and that's so yeah. It it was uh it happened pretty organically, like most things. Um, so you know, I was his apprentice for a long time, and you know, we just felt like it was time to move on. And Rich is at the point where, you know, he doesn't need to have someone else be his boss. Um, he's been doing it for I think seventeen years, so he has a ton of experience and knows everything there is to know. Um, about the you know the business and the tattooing, so um, I I felt like I had a pretty good vision as to what uh, we wanted, we both wanted, um, and then my uh, mom designed the inside, the interior, and because uh, she is a well interior designer, yeah, and owns up uh, the hot 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 down in the strip district, um, and I knew that she would be able to give us that kind of advantage as far as being pretty contemporary and having. Um, a distinct look yeah i mean i know you can notice that right when you walk into the building you got like those two like manly men with like the oh yeah yeah. Like the fist. yeah one of those guys is actually um uh honus wagner who is a <laughs> carnegie native pittsburgh carnegie native all-time mlb baseball great that's right shortstop three thousand hits i could just play down the stat i think he had like eight batting titles something crazy yeah, yeah like he's definitely you know one of those old-time you know folk legend type of players so yeah um you know, just kind of going into the past, you know, when you were growing up, like, as an artist, you know, what made you realize that you like doing art? Like, why did you want to get into it? Um, Is there, like, a particular moment when you were a kid where you were well, like, hey, I'm kind of good at this? When I was a kid, I, I it's it's hard to say, like, to target a specific moment, but yeah, um, one, like, time that I can remember is... I kind of like when I was in elementary school liked getting into a little bit of trouble. I don't know why. Like it, I just kind of liked it. <laughs> um, but so our our teacher 
um, I think I think her name was Miss Carr or Mrs. Carr. She was about 150 years old. Um, she would always give us these coloring pages to do, and I w- would always not color on them, and I would flip them over, then draw on the back, and then. Um, so I I failed art class when I was in <laughs> elementary school, and um, they had to call my parents in, <laughs> and uh, they said that whenever I would be um, asked to color the pages in, I would rather draw things like flying pigs. <laughs> and so, you know, my mom kind of argued that and whatever, but obviously that was probably, probably one of the moments that I like realized that art was something that isn't just like something kids do, you yeah. know, cause my, um, you know, both, both my parents are, you know successful artists so i knew that it was like a career option yeah but it wasn't something that so with that teacher was it kind of just you know she just kind of wanted to standardize it you know what i mean like everyone like paint like this yeah, and then you were kind of yeah. just like no nah, yeah. you can kind of do it like this and then she just so- sort of got mad about that then it kind of defeats you know yeah it, to her purpose. credit when you're as old she was she was a sweet lady other than that situation um and to her credit, you know, I feel like when you've been doing any job for that long, you kind of yeah don't really care to see any other way than the way that it has been going from before then. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, just looking through the questions here. As artists, who do you look up to as artists? Do have like a stuff, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's all my inspirations are like very you know vast. Um, so obviously, my parents yeah. um, have inspired me to become an artist. But outside of them, I mean, I really like uh, the painter uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat uh, from like the '80s. He was, um, you know, part of like the Warhol kind of movement um, yeah. in uh, in New York. And then I actually, you know, love Andy Warhol too. I know it's kind of like a divisive thing to say. A lot of people like try to discredit him, but. I yeah. think he was a like a genius and really like opened the doorway for people being you know I remember going fucking to, weirdos <laughs> and being famous. I remember I remember going to like Warhol Museum down the North Side. I don't know. It was just always it was just always interesting. Like all this, you know, all the stuff he had with the Campbell's soup. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, like that's like the most notable thing. But yeah, obviously, I mean, there's a attraction to Andy Warhol because you know Pittsburgh or whatever. But um, yeah. Uh, and then I have a couple other, you know, inspirations, you know, obviously everyone, everyone that's an artist loves Picasso and Dolly and, um, I like my, a lot of my inspirations are, you know, artists like that, like physical artists or whatever, but, um, my, you know, I have a couple of tattooing, um, inspirations. There's a tattooer in Spain, his name is, uh, Fredeo Oliveira and he's really brilliant. He's kind of like breaking the mold as what's considered a tattoo. You know, it's not just... Um, crisp lines and color inside of those lines he's like his art you know looks more like pen and ink which uh, I think is like pretty interesting seeing like how far we can you know manipulate the tool to where it makes it look different than other tattoos um when did you first start tattooing when did you start getting on well what drew you to that when I when I was I think I was 15 when I got my first tattoo yeah um like like uh my parent like my mom took me in and we kind of like lied to a shop because you're supposed to be 16 <laughs> and um i got my first tattoo 
I, I always loved it. Like, it was it was always something I was interested in. I, I liked how, you know, it was, like, an art form, but it was also something that, like, made people a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and then I got my first tattoo when I was 15. And I think I got my first tattoo machine when I was 16. Yeah. And I started tattooing myself then. Um, my, I asked my dad for a machine to get for him to get me the setup and it was like i think probably like a hundred bucks for everything which is like really terrifyingly uh inexpensive yeah um and uh yeah i and he's got it for me and the practice sheets thinking that i would practice on those sheets um of fake skin and then my mom was like so you, you got him this and you really think that he's not going to tattoo himself and then you know she came home from work that day and i was like don't, don't kill me but you know i tattooed myself <laughs> and it was you know i i figured if i tattooed a rose on myself since my mom's name is rose i would you know be able to get out of that without you know too much <laughs> repercussions that's dope man that's cool that's cool as hell um so it's are all your tattoos basically done by yourself besides <clears throat> that first one uh no no i i what's, I, what's I the first tattoo of my first tattoo is actually my last name oh, okay um, yeah. which is like kind of like a lot of I used to get ragged on a lot for it, but like I do have a lot of pride in my last name, because um, I we found out like a little bit ago, like a long time ago when we were kids, that actually like anyone with our last name is like directly related to us, which is pretty cool. There's only like 20 of us in the whole world, which oh, is, it's sick. pretty sweet, yeah. yeah. And I've actually like when we went we went to Italy, and I've always thought that our name means the tender, like in Italian. But whenever we asked one of the guides in Pompeii what our name meant, she she thought it meant like something evil, like <laughs> that people you know from our past were like crazy, uh, you know, so, like social or cultural like yeah. outcasts, and got that name because it like Nero means darkness in Italian. Uh, um, but yeah. yeah, so I always thought that was kind of funny because you know she like acted all shocked when we told her our last name. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you find family members. Is it just kind of? In, I don't know, like United States, Pittsburgh area, and no, no, Italy, or um, just... our only family members are you know obviously, well not obviously. There's only me, my brother, and my dad in Pittsburgh, and then um, we have some family in Ohio. Yeah, and then I think some some of them are living in Arizona now, and then obviously the ones that live in Italy. Yeah. Uh, Stuchels came from Germany, and you know you just gotta count back. You yeah, you count back. They came from seventeen seventy. Which is like a <laughs> if you know your dad and your grandfather's age, you can tell when your family came to this. No, country. no, I'm just saying. You know, I'm, just, I'm just saying that as you just, I don't know, you look at your grandfather, and then you just see, you know, your grandfather's grandfather, and just keep going back <laughs> generations, like great, great, great grand. You know what I mean? That's yeah, what I yeah. meant by that. I but, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. There's just like there's Stuchels in. Uh, I think there's still one in Germany. One moved back to Germany. His name was Uncle Jerry. He just went back to Germany one day and he just stayed. He loved it. He didn't want to come back because he was, he was from Punxsutawney, you know. Punxsutawney's a cool town, but it's just, I don't yeah. know. I guess once he went to Germany, he's like, he fell in love. He found a lady and, you know, he was set. Yeah, me and uh, me and my brother are actually thinking about um, next year going to Oktoberfest. So that'll be kind in of Germany. interesting. Yeah, we're oh going to Dude, I, I, should, Oktoberfest. I should come with you, man. Yeah, yeah. We should, we should get we a should squad. We should squad yeah. up. Yeah. Ben, would you come? <laughs> uh, hell yeah. I'd <laughs> if we were all going, I'd just be like, shit. <laughs> oh, we got Ben Lex also Dude, here. Do you have a passport? Yeah, I do have a passport. Oh, I got one. I'm just too. sitting That's on great. it. Yeah. Yeah, 
That's why I keep going to the D, uh, GM just saying, hey, Toronto, what up? What's it going <laughs> to Toronto is awesome. Toronto is a great city. It it's so like the restaurant scene there is pretty incredible. Um, I've been to a, like the three, I've been to three different like parts of Canada. Like I've, you know, been to Toronto, um, Niagara Falls, and then Vancouver. And yeah. Vancouver was the best. And then Toronto and then Niagara Falls, like way behind them. Niagara Falls sucked. Did you say Montreal too? You've been there. No, no, uh, Vancouver, and oh, okay. Toronto. Vancouver is probably the nicest place I've ever been to. It was, yeah. it was really ridiculously gorgeous. And it's like it's kind of like Man- Manhattanized, I guess. A lot of tall buildings. Well, actually, actually, it's I would say it's the um, the opposite of Manhattan. Uh, Manhattan has like a lot of like old structure, you know, like um, from like the nineteenth century or whatever, and. Uh, Vancouver, everything, every, all the buildings down there are like super modern. Like it looks like very contemporary. And then it's like also like a very like big like outdoorsy um, kind of place too. Like that's where the uh, Winter Olympics were held a little bit ago. Yeah. And then me and, me and Ben actually went up there um, and did like some hiking and some fishing and you that know, kind of stuff. Got got White some outdoorsy. Did some outdoorsy. Yeah, we did some outdoorsy man stuff. We shot some guns. We. You know, <laughs> That was wild, man. <laughs> I shot a. They let you shoot like this. Um, this shotgun. It looked like like it looked like you were a pirate. Like the shotgun <laughs> was ridiculous, and they let you just hold it with one arm and just, just blast it. We were just some wild men. I'm pretty sure that that the guy that was there was like a shapeshifter. I think he was like actually a grizzly bear, but like turned into a man just to like make a little bit of. Side he was. Cash. He was like an animorph. Yeah, he just was like really hairy and just huge. It was. It was pretty awesome. Um, how would you describe your, you know, your style, your artistic style, just for tattooing and maybe just in general, you know, whenever you're doing something on a canvas or whatever. Uh, I I think my the medium um, really changes uh, what style I use. So if I'm painting, I would say like people would probably call them, you know my work like abstraction of like the human form or whatever. Yeah. I'm drawing. Um, I can you know. I, I learned how to draw realism a long time ago and like I like it a lot but I just kind of find it a little bit tedious because like why would you draw something that you could take a picture of yeah um, how would you describe realism like, oh I think realism is definitely like it, it's about technique and fundamentals and patience you know? yeah so I think the people that can do that are amazing and I, I I like to you know dabble in doing that kind of stuff like sometimes just like once every like couple months I'll like try to draw something that's like super time intensive or whatever but it's it's not something that i find like liberating like i do other art forms yeah um i just know from knowing you you call yourself a movie buff yeah that's right i'm a big movie buff big time especially you know horror horror movies are my thing for sure and you know i i pretty much everything actually yeah so what would what would you say is your favorite i don't know i genre but just would that just be horror horror for sure horror and then comedy and then probably it's hard to say sci-fi because I like some sci-fi movies and then I hate other ones. Like, like I cannot watch Star Trek or any of that kind of stuff. But yeah. you know, I was raised on Star Wars. You know, I mean, people call, call Star Wars actually a fantasy, but I mean, that's just, I feel like that's just kind of ridiculous. Like, why does it have to even yeah. be categorized? But anyways, <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite movie of all time, everyone knows, is Prometheus. Um, which is the movie yeah. where. It's like a, it's part of like the Alien franchise, but it's like a pretty like 
there's a lot of like there's a lot of theory too. and like a little bit of horror in it too, which is like okay. a perfect mix. Yeah. And then actually, um, there's been a lot of good horror movies lately. I think they were actually like in a golden era of horror movies. Um, a lot of people say that it's not as good, but I, I completely disagree. I think that they've yeah, they just they've had, gotten so much better. There's more money there. The acting is better. You just had it and Get Out, and I think there was like another one. Oh years yeah, ago. Get Out was really I think it was really I seen, important. I haven't seen Get Out. Um, the yeah. best, the, in my opinion, the best horror movies are ones that cash in on not cash in, but um, look at like cultural uh, problems and then exp- like expand upon them. Like um, one of the first. Uh, good horror movies was uh, the dead movie you know with Romero yeah and that movie was all about wasn't about um, zombies at all it was about racism and um, uh, I forget what it's called consumerism too yeah the economy you know yeah yeah it it was it and actually a good connection there is that Get Out and um, Get Out kind of takes from that movie and that in the end of Get Out uh, spoiler alert um, he survives and his friend shows up who's a police officer and you think since it's a police officer he's going to shoot him because he's black and that's kind of like what they're trying to cash in on because yeah. in the dead movie um, the the hero is African American and he um, survives the entire zombie onslaught saves a white woman and then gets killed at the end by like a, a mob of white people that's insane of non-zombie white people. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's a crazy time we're living in. It's just, yeah, it is a crazy time. It's, it's weird. It's weird in the era of Trump. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a we have like a president who like his main form of like communicating his is word t- out is, is tweeting. tweeting. Like, yeah. I, I find tweeting to be like too juvenile for myself to use. Like, <laughs> I I haven't used it since like high school, so it's like kind of interesting whenever we have like a president who's on that yeah that mental level. Uh, no, just, just for me, the movies I always like are just kind of, it's like a black comedy or like a like a crime, like yeah. a crime film. I always like a good crime. Movie. Yeah, I know you were in, really into Breaking Bad. I, I would say yeah. my favorite comedies. Are, I love I love Judd, anything Judd Apatow does. He's he's really a genius. Um, yeah, he's like, there's a there's a, I think comedic comedians and comedic actors are on like another level because yeah they have to have like always a, a wider range. Yeah. You know? Because we're um, always performing in front of the yeah, audience, yeah. too. I think they got that seasoning of getting, you know, booed and yeah, know, bombing. Absolutely. And, but then they also have, like, happy time, so they could kind of, they got a good range of what it feels like to suck. And They're more, like I, I feel great. like com- comedic actors are also more human than, like, I, you yeah. know, like, I, I, I could see myself having a conversation with one of them, whereas, like, the other is, I like just feel like they're just talking heads, like, they're just, like, robots, but... I, I would I before I said my favorite movie is Prometheus. I would have to change it. I think Forgetting Sarah Marshall is my favorite movie. <laughs> is that that movie just always makes me feel good and it hits on like all of my right like all the right strings. You know, it's like kind of sad, but it's yeah. super funny and always like genuine. A, always like a Tarantino movie, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like Tarantino stuff too. I haven't seen like the newer stuff, um, but obviously I, I've seen the classics. I like Reservoir Dogs a lot. Yeah, yeah that's. I haven't seen I haven't seen Jackie Brown. I've never seen that. Is it good? Michael Keaton. I have not that. seen Jackie Brown. Michael Keaton who needs to be on this podcast someday. That's the goal <laughs> podcast. Michael Keaton. The, the best the best show would definitely be if you could have Michael Keaton and Jeff Goldblum on at the same time. That'd be awesome. I two like legends. That, two Pittsburgh legends. Show. Yeah, two Pittsburgh legends. Hey, we're just gonna keep going for it. Not even not even just Pittsburgh legends, Michael Keaton Montour legend. Montour High School. Yeah. Pretty much the only good thing that's ever come out of there. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and he just doesn't come back. But he, <laughs> he won't never come, come back. back. <laughs> He'll come if back he comes Mans- back, he comes in like Mancini's. In, he comes he in Mancini's. like in like more of a disguise than he would wear when he was Batman. Like he comes back and he'll wear like a hat and glasses and like yeah. Because you know actors, man, masters of disguise. Yeah, that's true. You ever see that movie though, Master of Disguise? I think it had. <laughs> I don't. I have not. Uh, who's in that? What's his name? I'm trying to think. I don't know, but it was like probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> They would just, you know, do the little thing where they try to get, like, a snake out of, like, a, you know, a fucking vase or whatever, and they whistle and shit. <laughs> what? It was, it was an awful movie, dude. I'm just telling you, that's all no, I remember. That, that I remember actually sounds like a great movie to me. I remember watching it when I was, like, seven or eight years old, and I was just like, this, is, this fucking sucks. <laughs> At eight years old, you said, this fucking sucks. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, can you see yourself, you know, as an artist, um... Can you see yourself, and since you like movies and stuff, do you see yourself maybe, like, directing or, like, writing a movie? Like, can you see that um, being something you'd want to do? Because I kind of think about it, I don't know, writing. I, I, I mean, this is, like, on the lowest of lows, because I haven't worked on it in, like, probably a year. Yeah. Um, but I have, I have 60 pages written. Holy shit. Yeah, I have 60 pages written of, like, a movie that I've been, you know, an idea that I've had pretty much my yeah. whole life. Um, so, you know, someday, maybe, that would be something that's cool to do. I wouldn't consider myself um, just one form or, you know, of artist. You know, I, I would yeah. like to just do it, everything that I can. You know, I think that's, like, yeah, just that's the goal, you know, is just to, like, try every medium and see what you really, really, really love. Just get the opportunity and to just try to work something yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, to, well, you know, try new things and have a good time doing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, I could, I just feel like with movies right now, like the big budget one, they were just saying that Hollywood had an, aw- had an awful summer at the blockbuster because mm. it was all sequels and stuff. And a lot of I remember reading this article. I don't know if it was in New York Times or um, the New Yorker, something like that. But a lot of the industry people blame Rotten Tomatoes for it. Like they all just point the finger at you know. Well, the Rotten Tomatoes, site, Rotten Tomatoes, but they're owned by the movie industry. Like a movie. Well, I I have it. mixed feelings about those kind of, that kind of stuff because. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes is good because it gives people a, a like a platform to share their opinion and on that same note it's bad because it gives everyone an opinion um, a lot of people don't have a valid or good opinion yeah. and movies are so subjective that people can love them and other people can hate them and that's fine like it, it's not something that like you can be right or wrong about in my opinion i mean yeah. obviously there's some stuff that everyone can kind of rag on and opinions can change like sometimes a movie can come out and everyone thinks it's awful but over time it becomes Absolutely. you know like a cult sometimes, classic yeah, yeah. Or it can be a cult classic or it could be even it's before so bad it's, it's good it could yeah. be before it's time there's a lot of movies that people didn't like back then but they're may make sense to our culture now what we're living in so like yeah. people like them better um yeah i don't know 60 pages, man. I just I just have, like, a general idea of what I'd make a movie about. And it would just be... I don't know. It would just be something that no one's talking about right now. And I think it's just, I don't know, the drug problem. Yeah. That I don't think there's anything... There's definitely, uh, a, there's definitely an opioid problem, for sure. Yeah, and no one seems to be discussing how that's impacting everyone on all yeah. levels of society. Yeah. No matter, it's, like, inner city, it's rural. It, you know, there's... Yeah, it's hitting it, It's, like, bad. I mean, I don't know. Like, right outside my house, it's, like, people in, like, I don't know, in Kenny Township, people just pull up and just, I think it's, like, a spot or something, because it's, like, you get out of, um, Keys Rock Stowe, you get out of that area, 
you just kind of come up right into Kennedy and you just pull in and it's like I think drug deals go on go down there and like, <laughs> like right in broad daylight these people just come in and like a car just pull up I think people just be doing heroin or something they just look <laughs> fucked up they just look fucked up and it's just like well, do we call the cops or do we just kind of like I think it's like a lot of that problem is like people get they get bored, so you know they try that kind of stuff. People out. get like, bored. A yeah. Lot of, a lot of the, those kind of drugs, especially like meth and you know heroin and stuff like that, actually come from like you know rural communities because people are so bored. Yeah. I know, uh, like uh, and the meth a lot of my family is them. from Clarion, PA, and they have a they uh, they have a problem up there with that kind of stuff. Uh, not not my family, obviously, but you know the community does. Yeah, it's just on it. I think it just goes into how. It's just kind of how I guess Trump, for whatever reason, had an appeal to like those rural voters. I mean, they all—he just said, "Yeah, drugs are bad. No drugs. We're gonna get rid of them. We're gonna stop the drugs from coming in. We're gonna build the wall." I mean, it kind of put the blame on someone else. But you gotta remember, a lot of people that are making the drugs—you know—they live out in your average rural areas. Like a lot of the people, it's not just the cartel coming over the border. Like a lot of heroin is just, you know, meth, and just well, a lot of the heroin comes from Afghanistan. Which well, we're still uh, in, but that's for another podcast. I don't, I don't know much on this topic, but I, I think it's just like human nature to want to blame other people and not just like look inside and try to fix your own problems. It's about like you know fixing your neighbor's problems instead of trying to fix your own. Yeah. So um, we'll take we'll take like a left turn here and uh, we'll talk about. Well, this is kind of like a left turn, but we'll talk about you know Steelers, man. You want, I know you want to get some Steelers talk. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I just have like one like. I normally don't really like. I mean, I love you know sports, um, but I n- normally don't have like too many like h- strong opinions about sports. However, I think it's like really interesting how in Pittsburgh we we won both of our games and people are still like upset. Yeah, and they're still like calling into radio shows and complaining. <laughs> and there's teams that have like won two games in like the past like two, two years. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and I think it's like people like think that just because we're that we're called the Pittsburgh Steelers or because we have some of these star athletes or whatever that we're supposed to win every game by a lot of points. But it's like all of these teams and players are all professional athletes yeah i mean football's tough i mean everyone's good you know like to some extent everyone's like a couple players away from being good there's a lot of parody i mean in my opinion what it all comes down to is if you have a quarterback or not yeah because i mean every team is gonna have good athletes quarterback who can win yeah yeah. that's the big thing because a lot of times you get quarterbacks they're just like stat monkeys sort of but then those quarterbacks don't have a defense too so it's kind of yeah but at the end you know a guy like peyton manning didn't have good defense he Always went twelve and four every year. Well, this team. Peyton Manning didn't kind of have a good defense. There were sometimes where he had good pass rushers on the other side of the ball, but that is true. I, I think one player you're seeing like really, really go through it is uh, Andrew Luck. I, I think that he's wasting away over there. He was like supposed to be the next great one, and he's hurt every season because he's a bad offensive line. Yeah, and then they might have the defense they, is horrible. They talking about trading him. Um, no, I don't think that the Colts would ever trade him. However, I do think that other teams would definitely jump on that, obviously, because, I mean, he's he's wasting away there. Uh, you know, hopefully for his sake they can try to do something different. Yeah. I just know I just know that the Steelers play the Bears later today, and, like, everyone's calling. What's your prediction? What's your score prediction? Score? Man, I would just love – you know, I'm just going to go all out. I would just love to see us kick their ass, like, 35-10, something like that. Just go in there and just punch them in the throat, but – I don't know. It's just I, I, you just feel like it could be a trap. It might be a trap. 
So you dumb now. Two chops to the throat. Two <laughs> chops. Yeah. Um. So do you think who who do you think's gonna have a better today, better day today, Antonio or Lev? Um. Well, the I think the Bears. What what's their pass defense like? Is it bad? I think, their, I think their I think their defense they, has a couple of, has a couple of good defensive linemen. And that's about it. Oh, uh, yeah, but like Lev Bell, I I gotta give it to AB. AB's my bet because he showed up to camp. Yeah. And he always comes ready. And AB, I think what he had like five, six catches last game. He's pissed. Like he wants his yeah. ten catches a game. So I think he's definitely gonna show up. And Le'Veon Bell, yeah. he's been kind of slow. You know what I mean? Coming out uh, the game a I little think, bit. I think it's um, I I feel differently about Lev than most people. I think that a lot of people are ragging on him thinking it's because he's not in camp, but I think that there's yeah. there's more to it. I think that um, I think that there's some problems with the offensive line as far as run blocking has been, and they're usually a great unit, but um, they're not opening up any holes. I mean, you see when he, ru- he runs, he's getting hit in the backfield most of the time, yeah. or at least there's I no open hole. And, you know, that can also be attributed to what you said about camp. You know, like, having him in camp might have led to them, you know, knowing where he's going to want to go or how to, you know, open up how long to hold the blocker. I've seen the line, like, how the line's been performing. It's pass blocking very well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're going back really well, you know what I mean? The offensive line was able to get that jump. But in terms of run blocking, being physical and getting that push, uh, they've yeah, they've totally been struggling. Yeah, and I think that just a theory, because I obviously don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't focus on this too much. But I, I think it's that they're an offensive line that's maturing and, getting older not that they're old by any means but yeah they're definitely getting older as far as offensive linemen go and um as you get older i think that you get better in pass protection and you don't get that strength or that burst or that aggression that you have whenever you're younger yeah because it's just it's like constant in the trenches every time yeah, it's, it's, it's just straight. violent yeah yeah it's brutal but um i don't know man this is right about see 30 minutes already yeah I don't know. I think this is a good sign-off. I mean, I know you have an Instagram. Would you want to plug that? For oh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's just uh, Michael Lotenero, L-O-T-E-N-E-R-O-777. And that's my Instagram. Um, yeah, so check that out. And Blink Ink has shop, a tattoo. Yeah, yeah, Tattoo Shop has one. You know, Blink Ink, P-G-H, um, all lowercase. Uh, so, yeah, check us out. Um, thanks for having me on the show. I, I've been you know really looking forward to having this opportunity you know we've been trying to set something up for a long time yeah but um, i did i know you're a busy man and we're all you know we're getting older we're getting busier but dude it's you know it's awesome to see that um you know you're making it out there man you're killing it you're killing <laughs> well, it dude you, you got it you got you. your own business man it's like american dream shit you know yeah. it's a good time and uh it's american, all dream shit. It's american dream shit man isn't that what it's all about it um yeah, small business american dream but yo I, I, got, I can't emphasize this enough, man. We got to get some emails of anything, like good times, good vibes, some good questions. So um, you got to email at the Stoochcast, S-T-U-C-H-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Email some good vibes. We need some good vibes. We need some good questions. Um, you know, the podcast right now might be on iTunes, might not be on iTunes. It's getting – it's in the trenches right now, you know, like a football game. But uh, – <laughs> You know, it's up for. It's in beta. It's, it's in beta. beta right now. Yeah, we're yeah working, Apple's got to approve it. They got to approve it, and yeah. uh, you know them, so we'll see. All right. Well, thanks. Yeah. Great having Mike on. Great having Mike. And uh, here, I just got to log off here real quick. Great having Mike and a little bit of Ben. You know, that's what it's all about.